Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Talitha Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Talitha Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helps severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. We're going to talk about January 6th, both what has happened and where we think the prosecutions uh, are going. And to do so, we have a fantastic guest with us, Julie Kelly. She is the author of January 6th which has a longer subtitle, but just look up Julie Kelly, January 6th, get her book. And American Greatness is where she writes. Uh, Julie, great to have you always on radio, and now welcome to the podcast. Hey, Buck. Thank you so much for having me on. So I I know that some of this may be known to some of the people listening, but I I wanted to revisit it a little bit. Before we get into, uh, we're going to break this down into into a few areas, right? What has happened up to this point with January 6th? Uh, confinement of prisoners and how they've been treated and and the politicization, I think, of their treatment, Um, the sentences they've gotten so far, including the most recent major longest uh, duration sentence uh, for one of the Oath Keepers. And then we'll talk about how this ties into Trump and the 2024 election, which is obviously massively important. But first, for everybody, just tell them. So January 6th happens. There's a riot. And then in the months afterwards, People were held in D.C. What does everyone need to know about how, including nonviolent defendants, some of them, 
the January 6th prisoners were treated? So, Buck, thanks for asking that question. Um, you know, just like you and everyone else, I watched the events of January 6th unfold on my television. Uh, I was there with my two best friends. We were wanting to see what was going to happen in Congress. And honestly, I did not have the same reaction to what was happening as a lot of people did. It looked just very, um, I don't want to say suspicious, but unlike Trump supporters and Trump voters to behave the way that they did to attack police officers, et cetera. So I started really following what was happening in the aftermath, and that was January 11th of 2021, Michael Sherwin, the acting DC West attorney, and Stephen D'Antuano, who was running the Washington FBI field office at the time, gave this big press conference threatening that they were going to round up hundreds of Trump supporters, possibly charge them with things like insurrection. And I thought, well, this is really strange, especially coming off of the heels of 2020 when the city of Washington, D.C. was under siege by BLM and Antifa rioters for six months. Um, so, Buck, the first article, and then we'll get into how I followed up. First article I wrote about the January 6th political prisoners was in February of 2021. When the government, the DOJ then run by taken over by Joe Biden uh, administration, sought pretrial detention, meaning denying bail for a man named Cooley Griffin, who ran Cowboys for Trump. But this was a man with no criminal history. He was an elected official in New Mexico. He never even went inside the building. He actually had a permit to protest. But I was reading what DOJ was saying to judges trying to deny his release. And the whole premise was that he was even remotely involved in January 6th. And that's honestly where uh, all my coverage started. And now I think for a lot of people, it's, it's, it's hard to believe this even when you hear it, but I want them to hear it from you because you've been following this so closely. There were people who were arrested because of their involvement in January 6th who uh, who committed no violent act or even necessarily destructive act of of uh, of property in any meaningful way who were held in pretrial detainment so not given bail and also put in special segregation within the prison unit because they were a danger is that i mean give, give everyone a sense of how extreme were the the left would call them carceral conditions of some of the January 6 defendants so what's amazing, Buck, is right after January 6th, the department, the D.C. Department of Corrections opened up a special wing of their D.C. prison system only to hold Trump supporters. Now, think about that. No one had been tried or convicted. They knew that they were going to be rounding up Trump supporters. The judges were going to be denying their release and that they were going to segregate them from the regular population in the D.C. Department of Corrections system. They opened up their own jail for Trump supporters. I mean, that is a fact. So it happened, Buck, when they started arresting people a day or two after January 6th, they would arrest them, arraign them. The government would come in, DOJ, um, and ask for uh, whatever the judge was, a local judge at the time, uh, to deny them release. If the local judge allowed their release. In several instances, the DOJ would come in and ask for a stay, which means basically a halt of that release order. So DOJ, Washington, D.C., could ask judges in D.C., because every single case is adjudicated in Washington, D.C., to then deny that defendant's release, which happened multiple times. Then what happened, Buck, is they would be ordered to stay 
to be transported to this jail in Washington, D.C. You had people as far away from Colorado who were arrested, who were then transported, stopped at four or five prisons so they could go to this gulag in Washington, D.C. for no other reason than to punish them, torture their families, and in many ways torment them into plea deals. And that's how it started. What was the longest, to, uh, to your memory, Julie, the longest that a nonviolent January 6th defendant was held in solitary confinement in that D.C. special prison system? Well, I think throughout 2021, they kept COVID rules in place for the D.C. jail system. And that would mean that these defendants were kept in their cells for 23 hours a day. That lasted for months. Now, I'm still hearing from January 6th defendants at prisons across the country, either still held pre-trial or have been convicted, and they are still subjected to solitary confinement rules. They are political prisoners. They're considered domestic terrorists by the Biden regime and DOJ. So they are treated accordingly at prisons across uh, across the country. So, but we still have men, and you know, we could talk a little bit about the Proud Boys trial. You have defendants who were in jail for more than two years, charged with nonviolent felonies like obstruction and conspiracy, who were nonetheless denied bail upwards of two years before their trials even started. Now, am I right in thinking that, at least in one case, a judge uh, in the, in this D.C. system declared that that the a nonviolent J six defendant could not be released because of the threat of another insurrection. I, essentially, if I let this guy go, he's going to try to overthrow the government again. So I have to keep him in the gulag. That's right. It happened over and over. And it happened more specifically in the case of the Proud Boys, Judge Timothy Kelly, a Trump appointed judge who repeatedly died, denied the release of people like Joe Biggs, Ethan Nordine, Zachary Real, who committed no violent crime. They didn't carry any weapons. They didn't assault police officers. They were simply charged with conspiracy and obstruction. And in the case of Zachary Real, and these are veterans too, by the way, except for Ethan Nordine, um, basically, Judge Kelly said, I, I can't release you. You didn't commit a violent act, but because you were involved in January 6th and you helped the mob attack the Capitol, I can't ensure the safety of your community. So you will be denied release. Zachary Real subjected to an armed FBI raid February of 2021. The first time he saw his two-year-old daughter was when she showed up at his trial uh, a few months ago. He has not seen his family since. And uh, he has been convicted, though, of seditious conspiracy. Uh, how hard have they gone? And, and what, what developments are there, Julie, in finding? Remember there was the, the pipe bomber at the Capitol mm-hmm. as well? Remember they put some yes. pipe? There are some pipe bombs. There was? Hmm. Yeah. Forgot about him. Her. Um. Yeah. So, you know what? These are this is one of the many unanswered questions that we have for January 6th. And that's why I hope Republicans in Congress continue to push for answers and hold these officials accountable. Uh, The man that I brought up earlier, Stephen D'Antuano, who was the director of the Washington field office, he was the one um, who gave the big presentation, as I said, but also was in charge of the January 6th pipe bomb investigation. Not only have they not arrested anyone, they haven't even ID'd a suspect. 
And Darren Beatty's reporting at Revolver News and others point out a lot of discrepancies in the account of that day. But look, there's no way that the FBI, with all the tools that they used to round up, you know, Indiana Mimas who took selfies inside the rotunda on January 6th, using geofence warrants, using Bank of America cards, you know, tracking hotels, tracking airplane routes for people who traveled to Washington, D.C. There's no way the FBI does not know who this person is to the extent it was a legitimate pipe bomber and not some sort of false flag, uh, which, as you will recall, Buck, the, the location or finding those pipe bombs outside the headquarters of the DNC and RNC, that prompted the first wave of panic that day and the first set of lockdowns, evacuations of nearby house buildings. Let's get back to that in a second. And also, uh, Julie, I want to ask you about possible entrapment of some individuals that is still alleged uh, to this day. I know you're up on that and we'll talk about where this is all going and what the eventual plan is as it pertains to Donald Trump. We'll get to that here coming up in a moment. But, you know, how many more headlines do the folks at home have to see about how the dollar may not be the world's currency that much longer? You need to take action now. Before that happens, diversify with the purchase of gold. Look, I'm like you. I want our dollar to be the currency standard for decades, decades more to come. But there's a lot of strong forces that are trying to change that. And they look like they're starting to succeed. China, Saudi Arabia, Russia, they're working against us economically. That's why you need something solid and tangible you can hold in your hands. Gold is good. The value and stability of gold is both an investment and a hedge against inflation has been proven time and time again. So has my precious metals vendor of choice, Oxford Gold Group. I've known about the Oxford Gold Group for years. I've been a customer of theirs for about five years now. So you should have real gold and silver on hand, and you should get it from the Oxford Gold Group. It is a good protection plan for your uh, portfolio. Call the Oxford Gold Group. It's who I use. It's who I trust. The call is free, and the people on the receiving end of the call are knowledgeable and trustworthy. 833-430-BUCK. That's 833-430-BUCK or OxfordGoldGroup.com slash buck. That website, again, is OxfordGoldGroup.com slash buck. And also want to tell everybody at home who's watching on YouTube, make sure you click the subscribe button, please. At the bottom of your screens, you'll see more deep dive interviews like this one going forward. So click that subscribe button if you're watching this video for the first time. Uh, Julie, let's get into it now. Tell me about Ray Epps. Ray Epps, Ray Epps, let's see. What did I call him today? I was talking to a January 6th defendant. The Where's Waldo of January 6th. He pops up everywhere the night before, throughout the day on January 6th, at, on restricted grounds for at least 90 minutes, yet he remains uncharged and protected by both the media and Democrats and the January 6th committee. Um, so I, I might have an interesting breaking story later this week, Buck, that I'll make sure that you see about accusations related to the government protecting Ray Epps and uh, his actions that day. It makes no sense why Ray Epps has not been charged. Uh, I've laid out numerous charges that he could face based on similar charges against January 6ers who did less than he did. He definitely was at the first breach point. Uh, he interfered with law enforcement. He was on restricted grounds, as I said, for at least an hour and a half. Um, and he, at the very least, should be charged with obstruction of an official proceeding because he was with that first group of breachers, protesters, um, that led to the shutting down of the joint session 
after uh, at about 2.15 that day. So the fact that so many others uh, face obstruction of an official proceeding, basically obstructing Congress, shutting, forcing the shutdown of the joint session, and Ray Epps did not, even as we know, he was showing people how to get from the ellipse, walking down Constitution or Independence Avenue to get to Capitol Hill. Um, he still, again, faces no charges and just did that sob story 60 minutes piece um, a couple couple of months ago. Um, again, another unanswered question that Americans have about what happened that day and who was involved. Do we have some some official explanation as to why? I mean, you just laid out all these areas where it would seem he could be in legal jeopardy. No charges, though. huh? No charges. And, you know, it was interesting when I um, covered the Proud Boys trial, um, the Ray Epps issue came up in that trial because, of course, he's at that first breach point with the Proud Boys. He's talking to another Proud Boy later who was accused of smashing one of the windows. He was at another point where another Proud Boy was talking to police officers. Um, his name came up in the trial, and you actually had an assistant U.S. attorney, Buck, tell the jury during closing arguments that any accusations that Ray Epps was an informant or government asset is a fantasy. Now, why is the DOJ at the same time they are systematically destroying the lives of thousands of people and their families, mostly on low-level misdemeanors? Why are you even having an assistant, a prosecutor involved in that most high-profile trial for January 6th telling a jury that any thoughts about Ray Epps being some sort of a government asset is a fantasy? That just, to me, raises so many red flags, and it should for a lot of other people, too. I want to ask about the uh, Oath Keepers and the longest sentence yet handed down and what that tells us about the uh, incitement to insurrection or conspiracy to commit insurrection component of this whole mess. Uh, We'll get to that with Julie Kelly here in just a moment. But, you know, when your computer craps out on you, when it fails to turn on one morning, are you going to be prepared for that? Not in a way like there's a backup laptop in your drawer ready to be unpacked, but in a way that allows you to immediately reconnect with all the data on your defunct computer. That's the most important part, right? Having your computer data backed up regularly and easily accessible is the important thing here. There's not a company making that more convenient to do than iDrive. They provide you with 24-7 access to your data that you've backed up and stored on iDrive servers. You can back up what's on your computer with iDrive once a day, 10 times a day, whatever you're inspired to do. With iDrive, you can back up all your PCs, Macs, servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. Not to mention, iDrive is PC Magazine's winner eight years in a row for the best cloud backup solution for everyone, consumers, and businesses. iDrive is the easiest, most secure cloud backup solution. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Use my name, Buck, as the promo code at checkout for 90% off for the first year. iDrive.com is that website. That's iDrive.com. Use promo code Buck for 90% off the first year. Julie, tell everybody what they need to know about the Oath Keepers trial. You mentioned the Proud Boys trial. What what was that issue with the Oath Keepers? What are the key facts? I know it's a lot of stuff. We're condensing it into a few minutes here. Uh, and what was the final resolution, if you will, a final sentencing? So you've had six members of the Oath Keepers, four members of the Proud Boys found guilty by a D.C. jury of seditious conspiracy. This is very important, Buck, because this is setting new ground. These are precedent setting convictions that now will criminalize political dissent in America. And that is not an overstatement. And that is the intention 
of what the Department of Justice is doing. For the Oath Keepers, two of whom were convicted of seditious conspiracy in November, Matthew Graves, the D.C. U.S. attorney, came back with sentencing recommendations for Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, who was convicted of seditious conspiracy. Um, and DOJ was asking for 25 years in prison. The big, bigger news here, aside from asking for a sentence for a man who didn't shoot anyone, carry any weapons, uh, assault any police officers, you know, they discussed all of this pretty openly, their plans to protest, even though they did it in a very inflammatory way. Um, what DOJ is now doing is asking for terrorism enhancements for these convictions. Those, these men, and by extension, anyone else related to them, will be considered a domestic terrorist. And the judge in this case, Judge Amit Mehta, uh, consented to those domestic terror enhancements in so far four of the cases four of the sentences. And what was the longest sentence yet handed down as you and I speak to each other? And for what, for what crimes? So Judge Ahmet made a sentence Stuart Rhodes to 18 years in prison. He's already been in jail since January of 2022. Um, and then he can, he sentenced Kelly Meggs, the Florida Oath Keeper, also convicted of seditious conspiracy to 12 years in prison. Keep in mind, but I mean, these are like 20, 25 years, 18 years. This is like murder territory, right? This, these are violent yeah. repeat offender type sentences, not nonviolent, seditious conspiracy made up bogus weaponized charges by the DOJ. But as you and I have talked about, the reason these headlines and sentences are important, because this is all aimed at, you know who, Donald Trump. As uh, special counsel Jack Smith now has all this ammunition about seditious conspiracy, obstruction, other conspiracy to bring to a grand jury and seek the same charges against Donald Trump. I, yeah, I want to ask you more about the Trump component in a second, Julie. Uh, but but first, with you, unlike so many who are always opining on this uh, and, you know, people over on MSNBC and CNN and wherever who are talking about the J uh, J six defendants and now in many cases, uh people who have been convicted by the Merrick Garland Department of Justice. Uh, what does it mean? What has it been like when you talk to the families of some of the men and women who have been treated in this way for truly nonviolent, non-destructive, uh, really a crime of, of trespassing on government property, right? I mean, that's, that's effectively, in some cases, they can say it's obstruction of it. I mean, they, they were walking around in the Capitol Again, I'm not talking about the people that were hitting cops. That's different. That's violence. Now, we should also talk about how if you're hitting police for BLM, it's no problem. If you're hitting police in the course of a riot on J6, it's, you know, you go away for years and years in, in prison. So I'm, I'm aware of that, right. uh, that separation, that dichotomy. Um, but what's it like talking to the family members of people who say, I thought this was America. My, you know, my husband or my wife took a selfie inside the, the Capitol building, walked around and left and is now ruined forever. Um, it's heartbreaking, as you can imagine. I mean, I talked to a few parents just this past weekend um, of sons who face decades in prison. Um, and, you know, what's striking to me, Buck, is when they reach out to me, they're so gracious. Uh, they're so kind with their words, even though their lives have been completely destroyed. Um, and they, they oddly still have faith in America. They still love this country. They will not let this bloodthirsty, vengeful, retaliatory DOJ and Biden regime take that away from them. 
Um, but look, there, there's not a, a lot I can tell them except what I've told all these defendants and their family members for two and a half years is that you have the support of millions of Americans. You have their prayers. They pray for justice for them and their families. Um, but this is something unprecedented in American history. And it's something that I wish more Americans were paying attention to. And the leftists who praise and cheer this and really wish all of us were in that D.C. gulag, read a history book, because eventually these same tactics come for your side as well. And I think that's the most um, the part of it that disgusts me the most is seeing our fellow countrymen cheer this wonder why people like Stuart Rhodes aren't going to be executed for treason, which is something I saw repeatedly over the weekend. So it's a very dangerous time in the country and shame on the Biden regime and this DOJ for fueling so much anger and hatred uh, towards the right by over by abusing their power uh, this way. It's really shameful. How much help, Julie, uh, Donald Trump uh, through his pack, I'm trying to find the name of it, Save America pack. They raised two hundred fifty million dollars after the. 2020 election. Uh, how much help was given to January 6th defendants in terms of legal fees, support? Was there help? No, there was not. I believe that that's changed, Buck, in the past maybe few months, several months. Um, but I can hmm. tell you early on, at least for the first 18 months of this prosecution, um, there was no help for these people. And they would ask me, we were there for the president. Where is he for us? And I didn't have an answer for them. That's I look. Um, facts are facts, right, Julie? Uh, so that's right. why I just I think we just need to be clear about people were in these horrible prison conditions, impoverished, threatened with because ever as everyone knows, not only is it the legal defense you incur, but also loss of job, loss of future prospects, and you're effectively ruined. Uh, I know about this from. It's fascinating, Julie. For me, you know, I've never really talked about this. You know, I I, I was sent. Uh, when I was at the CIA to the intelligence division, the NYPD, we worked on real terrorism cases, you know, people that were trying to blow up Times Square with a car bomb or were trying to stuff backpacks on the subway with suicide vests full with ball bearings to maim and kill as many people as possible. And I still remember there were civil libertarians who were concerned about them. And we always were, you know, the judges were, oh, hold on a second. You know, did how did you get this confession or where, where did you go to get this? And I, I lived that, right? I lived it on the other side saying we're trying to stop people from blowing up women and children of all races, creeds, colors, you name it. And there was always this, oh, but the civil liberties of the jihadists must be respected. I haven't heard that at all. I haven't heard it at all about January 6th defendants. And, and I can't help but notice there's a big problem there. Uh, it's another huge uh, hypocrisy, double standard buck, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, the civil liberties people, the criminal justice reformers, you know, those who were so hypercritical of the surveillance state during the first war on terror. During the second war on terror, which is what my book is about, using January 6th to launch the second war on terror on the right, not only are they silent, they are complicit and they are cheering what is happening. And some of them are part of a movement to make sure that lawyers, the brave lawyers, one I talked to today who's been bankrupted by helping uh, January 6th defendants, targeting these attorneys 
uh, trying to ruin them as well as their clients. And so just another layer of hypocrisy, the silence by both the left and the right. It's, it's really stunning. Um, Julia, we'll come back talking about the Trump factor and all this and where this is going. To, that'll be the way we close things up here. Um, but first off, look, let's talk about uh, a great sponsor we have here on the program, MyPillow. Um, you probably don't think about this that often, but you know your towels, hand towels, bath towels, they wear out. They get thin, they get worn, they don't absorb very well. You got to replace them. And also, you got to have good quality stuff too, right? So it's time for you to get a new towel set from my pillow i'm talking about the two bath two hand towel two washcloth set which usually retails for 99.98 for my pillow for a limited time you can get this set that's right the towel set on clearance for 25 dollars with my name as the promo code buck when you go to mypillow.com that's over 70 percent in savings go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener special square get this clearance price of 25 dollars on the towel set Enter promo code Buck for this special and many more. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Get this clearance price, $25 for the towel set. I'm going to get some for my folks because it's I've gotten the MyPillow sets before, but it's time to upgrade with a new set for them. So Because after a year or two, your towels get worn out. So go to MyPillow.com, promo code Buck, get a towel set, clearance price, $25. Amazing price. Where is this all going with the special counsel Jack Smith investigation of Donald Trump as it pertains to January 6th related charges, Julie? So, Buck, as you know, special special counsel Jack Smith, still, still being run by the DOJ, has two lines of inquiry, classified documents and January 6th. Um, so, as I mentioned, the seditious conspiracy convictions of the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys were really critical and amped up the legal jeopardy for Trump because uh, those two groups are tied to Donald Trump. And especially in the Proud Boys trial, as you and I talked about, uh, prosecutors made Donald Trump a feature, a key figure in that trial. So uh, this will arm special counsel Jack Smith to go to his secret D.C. grand jury made up of the same people who make up regular D.C. trial juries and possibly ask for seditious conspiracy indictment, along with other charges, obstruction, conspiracy, tampering with evidence, et cetera, and bring down a multi-count felony indictment against Donald Trump. Um, I'm guessing sometime this summer, at the very latest early fall, And Buck, the scariest thing is there's now precedent for this Department of Justice to ask for pretrial detention, what we just started off with, denying bond or bail for people who have been indicted for crimes like seditious conspiracy and obstruction of an official proceeding. That will be the thing to watch coming out of Jack Smith after he indicts the president. Do you think Merrick Garland, the attorney general under Biden, is willing to take this all the way and not only bring these charges against Trump, but then allow the department of justice through a federal prosecution to lock him up. Yes. And Merrick Garland will say that he has nothing to do with it. Jack Smith is acting independently. Lisa Monaco, the Obama loyalist, who's the department, the deputy attorney general will say the same thing. None of it's true. They simply moved the same prosecutors and investigators who started this probe into Donald Trump over to Jack Smith's office. Um, I don't believe that this Department of Justice has any fear 
They certainly have no guardrails. They have no really no accountability by Congress, and they have nothing but a rubber stamp by the D.C. District Court. If you're telling me if Jack Smith brings multi-count indictment, including seditious conspiracy to a judge like Judge Amit Mehta, who oversaw the Oath Keepers trials, who is an Obama appointee, uh, and that Judge Mehta would not sign off on pretrial detention as probably the closest observer, observer to what's been happening in these trials on the right anyway, um, I could tell you that would not shock me one bit. Is there anything that you think Trump can do to try to outmaneuver this uh, yet another coup effort from within the deep state in a sense, or really this is a preemptive coup to stop him from being president in 2024. Is there anything he can do or is this the machinery in place? The machinery is in place. This is a banana Republic in Washington, DC. I call it the legal and judicial circle of hell. All I would advise is for his lawyers to prepare immediately change of venue motions, which have been denied in every single January 6th case, by the way. Um, but that is the only salvation he might have is some hope of moving this case and uh, potential trial out of Washington, D.C. I think that's the only thing they can prepare for now. Julie Kelly, thank you so much. Check out her book, January 6th. Uh, and uh, Julie, your work on this has been excellent. Appreciate you making the time today. Thanks so much for having me on. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans. Heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye. He needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the Foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel the Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.